Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cheese and pickle. All of television history is contained in the box of delights. Hello, I'm Julia Rayside. Each episode, my guest chooses a favourite TV memory to talk about. Joining me today is the actor and writer, John Dryden-Taylor. John, thanks for coming. Thank you for asking me. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you too. That's that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you've brought today to talk about. Well, it's a, it's a very specific family one. It's something that's very central to my family at Christmas, which is a television play that my father, my late father, wrote uh, in the 1970s which is about a Christmas day that goes horribly spookily wrong. And did it go out? It went out near Christmas, am I right? It was like November or something. Yeah, it, so was, it was on the run-up to it was in a. It was part of a, um, a ghost story series called Dead of Night. Oh, brilliant. Um, also uh, the name of my favourite Ealing film, Carrie. Oh, well, there you go. And it, it came at a time when uh, Dad had had his ups and downs with the drama department at the BBC, which I won't go into here. So this is Don Taylor. Sorry, yes, Don Taylor. TV the, nerds will be aware. The playwright and director Don Taylor. And uh, he'd sort of been a, a wunderkind in the early 60s, in his early 20s. He'd done very well. I, because it's Christmas and it's the spirit of goodwill, I will euphemistically say there was a falling out yep, with the drama fair department. fair enough, fair enough. But he was very keen to get back into kind of a, a, an auteur television, you know, writing and directing his own stuff. Which you could do then, like the plays, the plays today, Absolutely. the stuff that was on then was just not, well, not what we're watching now at all, is it? Well, it wasn't focus group to death to start No, with. no, true enough. Um, so he was still in faintly iffy waters uh, with the drama department in the early 70s, but the opportunity of this ghost story series came up. And Dad, his initial reaction reaction was that he wasn't particularly interested in writing a ghost story okay. and the way but the way the um, the way the family history goes is that he woke up my mum in the middle of the night and said, I know what I'll do. I'll get a load of middle-class people in a nice house at Christmas and I'll kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as ideas go, it's not, not bad. It's not bad. But so, yeah, the premise of The Exorcism, which um, is now available on DVD from the BFI, yes. it's been on YouTube for ages. It, uh, it's, a, it's a TV classic, it's fair to say, yeah. It's a, so, a cult TV classic. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people, uh, you know, it, it's fascinating looking at the YouTube of it because the style, the, the, it's not naturalistic at times and it's very political. Very political. So, so you've done... Fair to say your dad was a socialist. He was a socialist and and it it informed all of his writing. And if you look at the YouTube comments, although why would you? Um, (laughs) Under the exorcism, you know, it's it's pretty much half and half. This is a masterpiece. I remember it from my childhood along with oh, socialist nonsense. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've shown my preferences for those comments, perhaps in the way I've played them. <laughs> OK, uh, I think I've think moved <laughs> in the lines here. Yeah, no, got it. And so it was uh, done on stage, which I'll come to in a moment, in a, in a fairly infamous way. But um, the basic premise of the exorcism is it's two youngish, middle-class, childless couples. Pretty affluent. Pretty affluent. Uh, one, uh, one's a New Statesman journalist. Uh, I can't remember what Edmund's job is. Um, but they're they're having a, a family Christmas. 
a, yeah. a, a Christmas a little Christmas getaway. Get yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the second home that one of the couples has just bought in the countryside. It's which a very old cottage. It's a very old cottage which they've had to completely refurbish. Mm. And they talk sort of glitteringly across the surface of politics, as the so-called chattering classes often do, and then things start happening to them, which it becomes apparent uh, have a sort of political meaning behind them. So the, yeah. the first thing that happens is that the lights all fail in the cottage. Um, and the phone stops working. The phone stops working. Mm-hmm. The windows and doors won't open. Uh, <sighs> they don't break when taken to with a hammer. Yeah. I'm getting these wrong. The house very much wants them to stay there. The house wants them to stay there. Yeah. Then the um, the very special bottle of wine uh, that the guests have brought is opened and the host, Edmund, takes a sip of it and spits it out and says it's blood. I suggest that we forget all our little setbacks and concentrate on enjoying ourselves. I second that. Calm down, Rachel. All is well. I'm going to set them all rolling with this bottle of wine. Yes. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Now, you try that for size, Edmund. Oh, Cheers, everyone. Cheers. 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 Rich, where's your glass? No, no, no. Come on. Oh, darling, whatever. Look what you've done at the table. <laughs> Must have gone down the wrong hole. Mm. Mm. What's the matter? It's not wine. What do you mean it's not wine? Of course it's wine. It's blood. It's blood! Taste it! I'll get a cloth. Oh, so um, horrible. That's my favourite bit. <laughs> my favourite bit. It is an, it's an amazing moment. Yeah. It's an amazing moment when it's on stage as well. Oh, God, I bet, yeah. And then there's issues with the um, the Christmas dinner as well. It makes That's, them really ill, doesn't it? It makes them feel really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. ill. Um, so there's a huge... The table is groaning with an obscene amount of... huge vast amounts of food. Yeah. And, and they've been talking about all the mod cons they've had, the 70s mod cons they've had. Yeah. So they've got hi-fi. And they've, got a, <laughs> they've got a carving light um, above the dinner <laughs> oh table. Oh, my God. And yeah, then the, the, the dinner becomes inedible. And there's this piece of music uh, which was composed and largely improvised by a brilliant composer called Herbert Chappell, which the wife of the house sits down and plays before anything spooky starts happening. She yeah. plays this piece of music and then is very disturbed by it because... And she says, I've never heard that piece before. Oh. Bach had one, you know. And his son. Shh. Beautiful son. Just right for the cottage. Small scale. Intense. sat and played it. So something's coming through. And uh, I don't want to do too many spoilers, but um, gradually it becomes apparent in a way that I won't explain, but it's, mm. to do with the, it's to do with the wife of the household. It becomes apparent that a woman and her children starved to death yep. uh, in that house uh, after her husband was hanged for poaching to feed his family because they were starving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It be- let's say it becomes apparent that the exorcism isn't anything to do with getting ghosts out of people. It's more to do with yeah. the house exorcising itself of the people that have come into it. Yeah, and obviously drawing comparisons about the haves and the have-nots. and Absolutely, yeah. which at Christmas is obviously a particular issue. In fact, um, both before and after my father's death, 
we always felt there's always a little frisk sort of, un, of, of uncomfortableness when the turkey comes to the table <laughs> in the knowledge, particularly because um, after after I left university, my parents moved to a cottage in the country. Oh God, so I remember. We were sitting oh, surrounded no. by fields, going, "Here's our lovely Christmas dinner. <laughs> Hope the thing from the play doesn't happen." Um, <laughs> So I, I urge people to, to seek it out, if you must, on YouTube, although it is available on DVD. Oh, no, get the DVD, um, definitely, yeah. Because uh, you get the rest of Dead of Night as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's an extraordinary play. It's got extraordinary... Before, only one of us is, only one of the actors is still with us. Edward yeah. Presbridge plays Edmund. The rest of the cast is Clive Swift, Sylvia Kay, and the extraordinary Anna Cropper. She who is was incredible. A, a really underrated actor. Yeah. Um, uh, she was wife of William Roach for a while, a while and is Linus Roach's mother. Oh, was, really? Was Linus Roach's I didn't realise. Uh, but she shouldn't be remembered... Uh, with regard to no, those no, two no. men, because she, uh, she, oh, she puts an extraordinary performance in this. And dad, dad gives her her big speech in full-on close-up, full-on yeah. nostril, <laughs> uh, you know, spittle close-up, and I, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, there were. I, I don't know if you know the stories behind the stage adaptation. No, no, I don't at all. He, he didn't adapt this from anything. This is your dad's brainchild. So, yeah. so he he wrote it as a television play, and then he adapted it into a stage play. Mm. And then the stage play was, it is fair to say, unlucky. First of all, the director... Are we talking like Terry Gilliam, <clears throat> Don Juan, unlucky? Not Don Juan, Don Quixote, even. Um, no. And like more... beset with floods and death. and <laughs> Just a, a little bit more spooky, actually, oh, if God. you want a Christmas ghost story. Oh, so, God. I mean, the first thing that happened was that the director completely rewrote it and made it in Dad's eyes very vulgar and very on the nose. Oh, no. and Dad uh, wanted to take his name off it, and his right. agent, Peggy Ramsey, said... Um, if you take your name off your first West End play, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he very grudgingly allowed it to go ahead, even though it was severely rewritten. Oh, dear. The casting was unusual, um, <laughs> particularly the tortured, introspective, intellectual being cast with Brian Blessed was maybe not... Oh, wowzers. Maybe not Dad's favourite. I mean, he is terrific and God. effective in certain roles. Yeah, but not this one. No, OK. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's, you know, he's wonderful in the right part, but you do not, oh, you no. do not come to him for that. No. <laughs> um, but most of all, the big scandal or the big event around the exorcism in the West End mm. is that on its press night, the leading lady died of an overdose. Holy wow. So no, I did not know that. It was Mary Ewer, who was very beautiful, very vulnerable actor, who was the first Alison in Look Back in Anger. Oh, God. And uh, Mum and Dad had met her, that's a quick sidebar, Mum and Dad had met her in the early 60s because Dad directed a live television version of The Winter's Tale, uncut. Mm -hmm. You know, like you do. Oh, the B no, the BBC Shakespeare's, obviously, uh, they no, were, it was it this, not that? This is 20 years before that, oh, this is God, the 60s. Oh, God, amazing, OK. Yeah. Uh, and Robert Shaw of... Jaws fame, among other things, yep. um, played Leontes in, okay. Dad's, in Dad's Telly Winterstyle. So in about 1963, Mum and Dad went for dinner with Robert Shaw and his then-wife, Mary Ewer, mm. which they describe absolutely as being like having turned up in the middle of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Oh, my God. So Mum and Dad were Just Nick and terrifying. Honey. Yes, you know, yes. The, the early 20s <laughs> sons of saying, this, uh, this wine is lovely. Oh, no. While the sort of well, drunk, sweaty, yeah. glamorous, uh, older an unhappily married couple just torch drunken Ooh. chunks out of each other. I don't think my husband and I should do that to a young couple one day. We haven't really had our moment yet. We must, we must get that get in some, the diary. Get some Zidaniels around and shout at each other. Um, so so uh, they'd come across Maria and Maria was a, was a troubled woman and mm. we don't know how exactly it happened. Dad's yeah. theory was uh, she, she, she seems to have been on an early form of antidepressants yeah. um, and Dad's theory was always that, you know, she'd drunk some champagne on press night and oh, gone home God. and without thinking taken her pills. Of course, in those days, pills and booze... Not good, was, was, no. Uh, ...could be a fatal combination. Whatever happens, in some way an overdose occurred and oh, she didn't no. wake up the next day. Oh, Imagine 
a film star dying on the press night of a play about a ghost and oh, then geez. think what the press did. Oh, no. So it was all the cursed play, the haunted yeah, play. Yeah, right, sure, sure. Um, Anna Cropper, who'd done the television version, yeah. came in and took over the oh, part. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and it, it limped along right. for a while. But, it, you know, it only re- it, it was a bad product in any way. And yeah. the only audience it got was rubberneckers from then on. I bet, yeah, Sorry, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, Mary, you're died. This is not a why, why, why did no, these things no, happen no, to my no, father? No. But, so that added to sort of the oh, the, 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 the reputation of it as a as a scary, spooky thing. Yeah, I bet it did. Wow. Um, I did see somewhere online when 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 Clive Swift died recently. I saw somebody talking about the curse of the exorcism because of the original cast. Is this like the curse program. of Dad's army? Because yeah. you know they were all old and now they've died. Because all the died. people who all the people who were middle aged in 1970 <laughs> seem to be dying. Why? Why are they dying? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I it's, do see that now. It's yes, absolute yes. curse of Dad's army stuff, <laughs> oh, isn't it? Yeah. How ridiculous! Gone, oh. with, gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. Of course, not a cursed film because Olivia de Havilland is still alive at 150. Yes, that's you? right. So no, it's a lucky film. <laughs> You're in that. You're lucky. <laughs> at, at time of recording. So um, so yeah, and and then Dad didn't. Uh, he revisited it in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he took it out on tour with, in a production he directed himself, which was much, he was much happier yeah. about, with Kate O'Mara as Rachel. But obviously there was, because it had been in the West End under unfortunate circumstances just a decade before, God. Um, there was no real chance of it. I'm genuinely surprised that Steve Pemberton and Rishi Smith haven't been hard at work making the making of The Exorcist in the West End. Because well, you'd surely... Think, you'd think. <laughs> absolutely. Or, I mean, you can't write that stuff. One of those BBC Four making of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was an extraordinary story, but the but the play has come out of it with with this amazing reputation. It's done a lot by amateur companies, not yeah, just really? because it went from one location and four actors. Which I guess that's actually easy no one amateur to do. companies would want more parts, wouldn't they? Um, yeah. But anyway, it, it's done a lot. There's occasional professional productions yeah. of it still. Dad's had another play. It's probably not Dad's most famous play because he had a play called The Roses of Eam about yeah. the um, about the Great Plague, which was on a lot of GCSE syllabuses. Yeah. And still. You know, every month or so, somebody says to me, "Oh my God, your dad wrote the Roses of Eam," and a prolific translator of Greek as well. Yes, with the, yeah. the, 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 the Greeks on TV. But um, to bring it back to the Christmas thing, I mean, obviously the whole the whole play is set at, at Christmas, and yeah. Christmas is a time of excess. And yeah. I think we all uh, increasingly, not just in terms of global poverty, but we also look at all the packaging and the excess yeah, of Christmas the consumption, and think, yeah, and think, you know, this can't last. So, so Christmas is is very much about guilt. But I want I want to tell you a sad family story. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I think the special magic of Christmas, I think, is it is as much about sadness as it is about joy. Yeah, I think you're it's, right. It's about, especially when you lose people. Yeah. Yeah, and it and, and wistfulness and bruised hope. It's why um, "Have Yourself a, L- a Merry Little Christmas" is the best of all the, <gasps> the Christmas songs because song it's the world. so fucking sad. <sighs> Next year we all may be together if the fates allow. Yeah. Until then we'll have to muddle through somehow. It's, it's so fragile. It's and so, yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Um, anyhow, um, I was just thinking about this when I was talking about the cottage that my parents moved to because the Christmas Eve after my dad died. My dad died in November. Yeah. Uh, I was just making making Christmas dinner or preparing Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve. And, uh, and the first one is tough and weird, and you don't quite know so how to attack weird. it, do you? We attacked it um, with excess. We, re- I mean, <laughs> it's very. It was a very Western response. We spent fuckloads on booze and presents. Right, it's, cool. <laughs> yeah, we can spend away the pain. Yes, let's let's just make um, this pleasurable if we can. Yeah. So and and you know. I'll, I'll never forget that Christmas. It was extraordinary yeah. in many ways. But, you know, you always get those little moments. And this is such a Christmassy moment. I wanted to include it. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to either Radio 2 or Radio 3 that was doing sort of 
nice, happy, soundy, Christmassy things. And they played the opera singer Renee Fleming singing Hello, Young Lovers from mm. The King and I. I'm not a particular King and I stan. Um, <laughs> uh, Fleming's a lovely singer, but not necessarily when crossing over into musical theatre. So I, I just wasn't prepared for what happened. And Hello, Young Lovers is uh, you know, the, the heroine of The King and I singing, uh, sending a message to lovers around the world, mm-hmm. saying, hope, I hope your troubles are few. The last verse of Hello, Young Lovers. Don't cry, what young lovers, whatever you do. Don't cry because I'm alone. All of my memories are happy tonight. I've had a love of my own. Oh, I've had a love of my own like yours. I've had a love of my own. And I thought of my mum. Oh. And I thought, and I was, I was just, Did you just lose it? I was standing, stirring <laughs> bread sauce. <laughs> Fucking sobbing my heart oh my out at the God. idea of yes, people do love and lose, and that's fine. Oh Life is lost; it's all okay. <laughs> I mean, true, it got, it got me on us very well. There is something I think very Christmassy yeah. about sobbing into the bread sauce as you listen to a sentimental song that, totally. that just grabs the right bit of a heartstring. Yeah. That's what art can do. That's what mm. TV, music, film, it can, it can just unlock something that you didn't know was waiting and it just it can release mm. in a lovely way. And Dad would have found that moment unbearably sentimental. And if twee. I, if, yeah, and twee. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. it, the king and I. <laughs> um, it, it's a masterpiece, but you're not, supposed, you're not supposed to sub your heart out to it, I think. Thank you for bringing your dad on, your, on this Happy podcast. Happy Christmas, Dad! I'm, um, I, as you know, I'm an admirer of his work, and uh, it was really nice to have the chance to talk oh, about bless his you, writing. Thank you. And when I first saw The Exorcism, I, it, it was like being kicked in the stomach, and I um, immediately spent like a week going out and just every big issue seller just like <laughs> throwing money and like, yeah, it, just, it has a powerful effect. If you oh. watch it now, it hasn't dated it's still a gut punch i've forgotten the best thing about it I, you've just reminded me uh, after it aired in the early 70s mm-hmm. and you know there is a message about helping those uh, less fortunate absolutely than ourselves. and it works too um and dad got a letter which an anonymous letter um sent by the bbc mm. which just said from a pensioner please donate this message received and understood and it had a pound note in it wow whoa <laughs> oh my god that's incredible that's yeah. all you need you need to know one person when oh god yeah. this has changed things for me well long time after he had left us it changed things for me because it really did it made me feel differently it reminded me of something I knew and I should have thought about more and it's uh, it's amazing that something that old still has the power to politically to affect people to emotionally and politically affect people that means so much thank you the dude could write and direct. <laughs> anyway, before you go, please reach into my festive box. Festive box of delights. That's the jingle. Brideshead or Edge of Darkness. Um, this, this is just a sidebar because it dropped out. This isn't the one I'm answering. OK. Um, probably Brideshead because I'm basically Ooh. more frivolous than I'm serious. <laughs> Fair enough. OK. No, it's a tough That is a tough one. They're not really alike in any way. It's like apples and oranges. Ground force or changing rooms? Well, I mean, mm. was it Sarah Morgan who brought you? The teapot disaster, I yeah. Mean, not yeah. just the teapot disaster. Mm. Uh, there's also the, the woman who physically pushed Carol Smiley out of the way. <laughs> because um, Smiley, Smiley, Carol Smiley. <laughs> lit, a literal push. I don't know if I'm getting episodes mixed up, but there's an episode where Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen decided to do a restoration fantasy room. Oh, that's that's ringing bells. Fuck me. I mean, (laughs) fuck me. It was always him that really crossed the line with taste and decency. Black and white sort of um, thin wood floor, painted black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The the walls are deep, deep burgundy red, Mm -mm. and he'd got that plastic coving that yes. looks like a picture frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He got that, 
sprayed it gold with party gold paint. and It always looked so, so cheap. And photocopied photos of the couple who lived in the house and mm. colourised them to look like <laughs> portraits. It was the... It was the most vulgar thing. So you're saying changing rooms. <laughs> it, was, it was the most vulgar thing I've ever seen. And I've seen, insert funny, vulgar comic reference. <laughs> it was, I mean, ground, fuck ground falls. Ground falls could never really achieve oh, those I've, heights of I've, awfulness. I've planted some things. Great. <laughs> uh, I want to see someone pushing Carol Smiley over because Lawrence Lorraine <laughs> Bowen has put plastic clothing on their wall. John, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. My Goodbye. great pleasure. Ho, ho, ho. Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed at Box Delights Pod. Come and say hello. Bye. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.